Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I am a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He's Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, fair to say that this Florida State season did not really go how we pictured it? Fair to say. We both said 10-2. and two. It, They did <laughs> not go 10-2, and two, Joey. Uh, yeah, no, not pretty. Uh, like you said, our preseason prediction here for the Knowles, 10-2. and two. I think we both had them as uh, conference champions, meaning they would have been 11-2, and two, and they're probably talking about a playoff berth. And instead, they uh, they had to reschedule the ULM game at the last minute to make sure they were bowl eligible so they could go win the Independence Bowl. Uh, and now they've got a new coaching staff to put together. So this thing kind of went sideways in a hurry. Yeah, a um, lot of losses and a lot of losses to players that they probably needed. And then on top of all that, Jimbo Fisher kind of checks out before the bowl game, really before the ULM game to close the year. So new coaching staff, Willie Taggart coming in. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out for Florida State. I'm not sure what kind of hire that is. Um, you know, Taggart's been a good recruiter. What is he as a head coach? I think he's a good coach. Is he a coach who can succeed at Florida State this early in his head coaching career, though? I think that's the real question. So, yeah, um, not the season we were expecting for Florida State. Look, if Florida State goes 11-2 and this year, I'm not sure Jimbo Fisher leaves. But there's a lot of turmoil there, and um, it was on the field and off. And I think that's a lot, you know, that's most of the reasons why we saw what we saw and how the season ended like it did for Florida State. I agree entirely. Um Weird year for Florida State, Mike. Let's let's dig a little farther into this. Best win of the year. You you can make some arguments here. I mean, there were seven of them, and they they were against varying levels of competition and by various margins. But for my money, best win of the year for Florida State was a, a 38-22 just shellacking of Florida in Gainesville. Not a great Florida team, but I mean that's a a rivalry game, and Florida State just went in and, and kicked the crap out of the Gators in this game. I'm surprised you didn't say the 77 to six win against Delaware State. Yeah, I mean that that happened too. That was a win. I, but you know, I, I struggle to find like some really strong win on Florida State's resume here. I mean, is there another one that you prefer? Do you prefer 77 to six? I I do not. Um, I think I'm with you just because the Florida game is is on the road against a team in the SEC. Um, they did beat Wake Forest 26 to 19. I thought that was a pretty good win as well. Um, Wake's pretty much definitely a better team than Florida here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think you can make the argument for that as well. Um, but, you know, Florida, because, you know, it was a rivalry game and they beat the Gators the way that they did. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty strong candidate to close the season out. Um, or at least we, we thought they would close the season out with that. And then they rescheduled the Louisiana Monroe game to gain bowl eligibility. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess Florida win and then the Wake Forest win. I think those are two games that are right up there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I can tell you that there's another game that sticks out as a really good win. Um, the 27-24 win over Syracuse was because Syracuse missed a last-second field goal, you know, like that would have sent the game to overtime. Um, and other than that, I mean, it was some low-quality competition. So some, some, you know, less than impressive wins, you know, to get Florida State to seven. Uh, on the flip side, Mike, toughest loss. I think there's a couple different directions you could take this. Uh the the Boston College game was pretty exceptionally ugly top to bottom. The way that the Miami game, a rivalry game, unfolded uh, was was a very frustrating, difficult moment to kind of swallow for Florida State fans. 
And then there was the loss to Alabama, where you could argue that in a lot of ways, Florida State outplayed Alabama and, and still loses by uh, a couple touchdowns. Not to mention, that's probably where the whole course of the season changed uh, as they lost DeAndre Francois in that opener to a, a, a blown knee or Achilles or something that I, I can't remember what it was that ended his season and, and kind of changed the whole course. Is there any one, Mike, that sticks out to you as like this is the toughest one to kind of swallow all year? Yeah, biggest loss of the season was DeAndre Francois. Um, and then, Fair. yeah, uh, but right after that, um, you know, I thought the Alabama game, they actually played pretty well. It was actually one of Florida State's best games of the year, and they lost 24-7 to in that opener. Uh, tough to lose that 24-20 game in Miami. That went back and forth a couple different times in the fourth quarter. It was a really entertaining game. Always tough to lose to your rival, um, especially at home. But... I think you hit the nail on the head. The Boston College game, 35-3, not even showing up, going up to Chestnut Hill on a Friday night, getting absolutely walloped. Uh, I was down at Blacksburg. It was one of those weekends. I don't think it was Clemson weekend. I think it was either the Duke or North Carolina weekend. I I don't have those schedules in front of me, so I'm not sure uh, when that was. But I was out on the Friday night, and I, you know, I, I got back, and I looked at the score of the Florida State game, and I was shocked that they had lost by as much as they did. I wasn't completely surprised they lost the game just because of the trajectory of the season and how it was going. But the fact that it was 35-3 to and they weren't even competitive playing against Boston College, I think that's easily their worst loss of the year. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. It should be brought up, too, here. I mean, this season really just went sideways from the start. Opening game, they lose DeAndre Francois for the year. Uh, and that set into motion a whole another set of dominoes involving James Blackman as a freshman quarterback. But the thing is that not only did they lose Francois and losing that game to Alabama, they didn't play again for two weeks. Uh, they, they lost a couple of games in there due to uh, the hurricane. I believe it was Hurricane Irma. Uh, Miami game ends up getting pushed back a few weeks uh, and, and gets replayed. But there was a big hole there in September where they played a game and then just didn't. And half the time, the team probably wasn't together, you know, wasn't able to practice these kinds of things. So it, just a very weird year, a weird way to start the year. Florida State was clearly better at the end. Um, they won their last four games all in pretty impressive fashion. None of them were close. Um, but going into that stretch, they were three and six, and they had barely eked out wins over Syracuse, Duke, and Wake Forest, which not to disparage anything against even a team like Wake Forest, you know, who's been pretty good, but those are teams that Florida State, with what we expected from them, that, that should have been a two, three touchdown win in all of them, and none of them were outside of seven points. So the Knolls just not really what we expected them to be this year, partially due to the Francois thing, but I think there were some other maybe coaching issues at play as well. Uh, really, really frustrating, disappointing year for the Knolls compared to what we thought it would be. And, Mike, that's resulted in some coaching changes. As you mentioned earlier, Jimbo Fisher headed to Texas A&M, who's getting roughly a Brinks truck worth of money. Uh, got a crazy, crazy contract out there. I think it was 10 years, like $75 million or something. It was pretty unprecedented. Uh, in his place, as you mentioned, Willie Taggart coming in from Oregon after just one year there. Uh, previously spent time at South Florida as well as Western Kentucky. Uh, he came off the Jim Harbaugh coaching tree. He, he's been very successful in general uh, at everywhere that he's been. Um, it's taken a little bit of time both at Western Kentucky and South Florida to kind of rebuild the program into what he wanted. But I, I think that you kind of touched on this, and I see this as is a bit of a weird hire for Florida State in that, yes, it's a very high ceiling, but I think what you mentioned, given his age, given his lack of uh, a sustained experience, 
there's also a little bit of a low floor, a lower floor than I would have expected from a higher uh, from Florida State. Yeah, and I think they kind of rush into it too. That's not to say that it's uh, a good or a bad hire. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, Willie Taggart's first real Power Five coaching experience was this past season at Oregon as a head coach. Um, and Oregon was really average, and it was going to be quite the rebuild there. But he leaves Oregon after a year to take his dream job at Florida State, which you know nobody's going to blame him for that. But how ready is he for this job? I mean, Florida State is a big time job, and I'm not sure, you know, really for Florida State after they lost Jimbo Fisher, if they really had a contingency plan in place. I mean, they went right to it seemed like anyway they went right to Willie Taggart and said, "You're our guy." But based off of what? I mean, he's been a really good recruiter. He's had success at group of five schools, but he hasn't really had that bona fide success at the power five level. It makes you say, yeah, this guy's ready for the big time at Florida State. So we'll really have to see. Uh, good recruiter, good enough coach, I think. But is he a great coach? Is he a guy that's going to lead Florida State to multiple ACC championships, compete against Clemson every year like Jimbo Fisher had him in place? to do um i i just i really don't see that and maybe i'm just doubting willie taggart but we'll have to see he's young um i think he's got a great opportunity at florida state he's got an opportunity to be an outstanding head coach but it'll be really interested to see it be really interesting in my opinion to see what happens at florida state just because it's in an exact science given you know what you got with a lot of guys on your defense now departing for the nfl you're gonna have to recruit well there um, DeAndre Francois will be coming back. I'm assuming he'll be the starting quarterback. You got some good young skilled position talent, but you know, Florida State expects excellence right away. And will Willie Taggart be able to provide that quickly enough that, you know, the administration of Florida State will keep him around for a long time. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to recruit well and he's gonna have to turn that talent turn that talent um at the high school level into talent at the college level on the field. And at Florida State, there's just always such high expectations. So we'll just have to see what happens. Well, and he's talked about numerous times that this is his dream job. Um, Taggart's a Florida guy. He grew up in Florida. He knows the area very well. And this is this is the job that he always aspired to. So hopefully for his sake and for the sake of Seminoles fans, you know, hopefully it does work out. But time will tell. Uh, also work, worth mentioning, Mike, that he has made his first coordinator hire. It is Harlan Barnett, uh, the defensive coordinator from Michigan State, going to take the same role here, I thought that was an interesting hire. Um, you never really can tell how much he might have been doing for the Spartans defense versus what Mark D'Antonio was doing. Uh, but in any case, I mean, that, that's a, a sustained amount of success uh, coming out of East Lansing on defense for uh, Michigan State. So uh, not, a, not necessarily a bad decision, but very much a change of scenery coming from Michigan down to Florida. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how that works out. As we look ahead to 2018, Mike, trying to figure out if this is going to get better or worse, you know, they get DeAndre Francois back, which I think is huge. Um, I, I think there's a decent chance that they're going to end up getting a, uh, a bit of a medical redshirt for him, too. So you might get, you know, two plus years more of, of Francois. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, they also bring back plenty on offense. Uh, they, they are having to fit, uh, replace a lot on defense, understandably. Guys, you know, cutting and leaving to the NFL. And you look at the schedule, this is an interesting schedule to me, Mike. They start the year at home against your Virginia Tech Hokies on Labor Day night. After that, uh, home games against Samford in Northern Illinois, not a huge deal out of conference, but then at Notre Dame in mid-November and then finishing up at home against Florida. A bit of a treacherous non-conference schedule, but I think that this is a great uh, a barometer of – is Florida State back or not, is seeing how they handle games like Virginia Tech at home out of the gate, 
uh, and then a road trip to Notre Dame and a, a home game against Florida to, to cap it all off. Yeah, it is an interesting schedule. Um, you know, you mentioned the games against Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, a road game against the Hurricanes, a home game against Clemson, another road game against NC State, which won't be easy um, as they're returning a ton of talent. So, yeah, it'll be a good barometer. Um, Florida State being healthy at quarterback, I think, will be a huge indicator on whether or not they'll take a step forward and be the team that everybody expects them to be this year, next season. But we'll have to see. Um, it, it's a workable schedule, Joey. Uh, you know, a really early look at it, you know, just bird's eye view, eight or nine wins is, I think, the floor. Um, but, you know, if, if it's a complete disaster, a quarterback again, and, you know, you have another injury or the offense struggles to get going early, with the talent that's departing on the defensive side of the ball, this could be a season where you're in another rebuild. But I think Florida State will be a top 25 team heading into next season. I think they'll be easily a top 15 or 20 team for most of the year. It'll just really have to see how they progress against a team like Virginia Tech in the opener against Notre Dame in November, how they play, how they stack up against a Clemson team that should be favored to win the ACC Atlantic, um, how they stack up against Miami, who's probably going to be the coastal favorite heading into next season. It's those types of games that will really get a good gauge on where Florida State's at. I'm curious. They've got a lot of uh, players to replace, especially on defense. Um, but there's also a lot coming back. And in Florida State under Jimbo Fisher, they've traditionally recruited exceptionally well. So it's not like the the cupboard is bare, so to speak. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm very curious to see what Taggart's able to do in year one. Um, as I mentioned, year one under Taggart at Western Kentucky and South Florida, I think both years they went two and ten with those respective teams. I don't think you're going to get something quite that bad here. And obviously year one under him at uh, Oregon, they did a lot better. And that was even working through a quarterback injury and some stuff. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's going to be a tough schedule, but Florida State, again, a very talented program. And you never know what they're going to come away with. So, uh, Mike, I think that's a pretty good recap. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we're all set. I think so. Well, uh, we're going to come back and recap some more teams. But in the meantime, y'all can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man. That is basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Hell yeah. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, and wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Just go on there and search for Basketball Conference Podcast. We don't have a fancy URL or anything, so you're just going to go find us if you want to find videos that we're doing. Uh, and, Mike, where else can they find us in the social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash Basketball Conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Yeah, you sure can. You should. And we ask that you do, and we appreciate those who have. Uh, Mike, you want to come back and recap some more of these teams? Absolutely, buddy. Let's do it. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC.